Hello and welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for May 4th through June 3rd, 2019. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. In this forecast, Susan shares tips and practices for supporting ourselves during this innovative month. Before we begin, I want to thank our beautiful community of Patreon subscribers. Your subscription helps make this show possible. If you've enjoyed our shows and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com moonwise. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Wonderful to speak with you and all of our beautiful listeners. Well, we're here with spring in full force at this point, at least in our part of the world. And uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing about what we have in store for this next moon cycle. Absolutely. It's an interesting moon cycle. Um, So we've got a new moon on the 4th of May. And that will be uh, coming in where the moon and the sun come into complete alignment, where they're in that place of uh, connection and synchronicity, and where the new cycles begin. And that will be anywhere from 6.45 p.m. uh, Eastern, and then adjusting your time zone accordingly. So 5.45 Central, 3.45 Pacific, and so forth. And so it's in the early evening or late afternoon. And so with this, it is in Taurus, and it is a fixed, the earthiest of the earth. Um, Taurus is what we think about as the container. Taurus is the earth. So it is. It, uh, there are several fixed signs, and uh, Scorpio, which the full moon will be in, is a, is a fixed sign. We've been working a little bit more or focusing, like Aries last month was a cardinal sign, which invokes change, the change of the spring. And think about astrology like we've talked about is that it very much tells a story of our lives and an unfolding. And so do the houses that that begin in a rising sign and moving forward. They all tell a progressive story about our individual lives and our collective lives um, and our trends and our our movement and our stability and the retracing of our steps and the opening up to uh, new possibilities that we could have never imagined. So just like we think about that in other contexts, this beautiful kind of map um, that is a multidimensional map really offers us that as well. So when we think about Taurus, we think about the stabilization of who we are. And without Taurus, in a way, it's like we don't exist because it is the physical manifestation of the dream, of the idea, all the earth signs are. But Taurus very much slows us down into, as I said, the embodiment of the I have. When we kind of move into that notion of who are we, then the next question that Taurus asks us is, what do you have? So I think that Taurus can create a tremendous amount. It's got like any sign, it's got a higher octave, it's got a lower octave. And so in that higher octave, it talks about our unique talents our unique gifts, like that we come in with that are intrinsic, they're natural. Then to the degree we develop them, we cultivate them, we understand them, we create mastery with them. Um, All of those different, they're called upon, you know, is all in this um, domain that we're really working with in a a very different way, this particular um, lunation. 
And so with that in mind, the lower octave, so depending even how I ask the, po- the question, what do you have? Like, does that resonate for you in any way, kind of, um, uh, a, you know, a question of raising some anxiety? Like, do I have enough? Like, Dorote, what comes up for you? And I say, okay, Dorote, what do you have? So I actually first thought about my physical body. Like, what do I have in terms of health and what do I have in terms of imbalance? So that probably says something about me, but that's what, where my mind went. Yeah. And, and, uh, it is a bit of a Rorschach, like Rorschach meaning, you know, you show the ink blot to someone and everybody has a different assessment. What do I have? A lot of times it can really activate for all of us that sense of scarcity, the lack model, not an abundant model. And ironically, you know, Taurus is really all about the law of attraction because it's ruled by Venus. And Venus is that, you know, really deep, rich resource inside of us about our values and what we're capable of and what we can radiate out as what we desire. When we are in that space, and I think, of course, we need to be careful about that at an ego level, because here's the razor's edge with Taurus. is like, it's the old Midas story of, you know, King Midas wanted, lusted after gold, and so just kept, you know, had the Midas touch, the golden touch, and then everything he touched turned to gold, including everything he loved. And then he was all alone, because like, he touched his daughter, and he touched, you know, the, the animate and became inanimate. So when we have that sense of nothing's enough, at that root chakra level, then we're always cultivating from that place of lack. I know so many people with so much that only can talk about what they don't have. And that's the irony. And some people that, you know, however we dance in that, right, on that, on that, in that world around when do we have enough? And when are we truly um, and that notion of entitlement too. So we think of it, I think, particularly those of us and all of us kind of, you know, in a way, studying astrology and trying to grow spiritually and so forth, we're dismantling the ego. And yet we do need to know ourselves and have a really strong sense of worth, self-worth, what is intrinsically us, what is it we want to grow and build, not to feel, um, you know, shy about that. But at the same time, understand where does that come from? So when we say, the, the what do I have? A lot of people might start to actually talk about what they don't have, what they feel they don't have enough of, what they start to cling to. And the lower octave, so the higher octave of Taurus, like I said, is its persistence. It builds. It, it shows us and tells us what is uniquely and t- in a way territorially ours. Like this is just ours. Um, at that at that deep level when we know ourselves, and then at that other level when we go, hey, this is ours as a birthright. A lot of you know individuals reclaiming what was taken from them in terms of of um, you know uh, the indigenous, the first people, where so much was taken from them and reclaiming what is ours that was you know disenfranchised from and taking away. And at the same time, things that we've built and we've harvested and we've collected that we feel is ours, whatever that might be, that that sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll have some challenge with. And then other ways of learning when to let go and when to say, you know, this is a, this is a fight that isn't worth having. Taurus can get really lost in digging its heels, not having a change, doesn't love change, because it's a fixed sign. It's sort of a a pole, you know, it's a, it's a really important, what we build around is like a post so that when that gets shaken, it's usually from something big, like an earthquake, um, something that is a very deep force that will push it through. 
and or something that is like um, something outside of of the norm, you know, and we sometimes see this in beautiful ways and going, hey, we got to dismantle this. It's not working. And sometimes it's just a, a, you know, a natural disaster that happens or something that changes it. And then we, we grow from there. And sometimes, and so there's a loss, but then there's a rebuilding. And sometimes it's um, a desecration, you know, like the feminine has been desecrated. And so we're rebuilding and rising in the feminine, but we're doing it in a way that isn't necessarily replicating to say, well, if we're rebuilding anyway, like we look at what just happened in Notre Dame. And so lots of conversation are about, well, do we want to rebuild it the way it looked or do we want to rebuild it in a new vision that is inspired by what it really means? And I think that is such um, uh, 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 an incredible um uh, not only metaphor, but unique way of looking at this unique lunation of Taurus. And I'm talking about all this because um, Uranus is finally and fully into Taurus. It was in last year, but it, then it went retrograde. Now it's in for seven to eight years with the end, it kind of retrogrades. And so with it being in, as we've talked about before, it's sort of lightning that comes onto the earth. You know, it is timeless. It is electric. It, it moves in a way of being innovative, of thinking outside the box. It rules Aquarius. It's to invite us into the future, invite us into new horizons. It really wants us to create something that is built on and, or inspired by that which we have claimed, but in a completely new way and a way that marks our I am into what I have and what I bring forward. So Taurus doesn't really love that. Taurus is all about marking time. It's all about, you know, um, that which it's been built upon, you know, the, the traditions that mark things. So when we have this, this, it can really be cataclysmic. So when we think about Notre Dame and we go, oh, everybody was, you know, crying out in the streets to have this experience happen. Um, and of course, again, that paradox of saying that's really beautiful, but remember all of those um, churches and synagogues and mosques and places of worship that were also have been harmed and the natural um, places that are sacred sites that have been fracked and have been desecrated and that we're not out there supporting it with that level that we have to come together in grieving and then rebuilding or honoring and creating this certain kind of preservation. What do we preserve and what do we rebuild and what do we let go? So in these ways, these are big questions that are coming up for us with Taurus and Uranus coming together. It's sort of a time of the new earth, the Green New Deal, you know, all of that, things that we're seeing coming in, these new, innovative, um, very progressive, pushing the boundaries that say, hey, I don't recognize the, I recognize these as just, these barriers are really just opportunities for us to break through and to, uh, as opposed to these are what always stands, you know, that we, re, that we arbitrarily respect uh, rules because they were already there. And people are coming in going, well, let's, let's kind of question that and let's see what, what really serves us and what really doesn't as to the goals of where we're going. So that's what's going to be really asked of us in this lunation, this restructuring, rebuilding, um, up-leveling, um, dismantling to see what we're capable of is, is really we're in the throes of, and it's all got a greater intention for evolution. So it's not going to go away. So we, we want to really just allow ourselves to kind of surrender into, um, all right, let's just um, keep pulling out the plans and see what have we always wanted to build that we say couldn't. And now that it's maybe gone or something shifts, we can. 
So through this time, we're really, because Uranus is just like this, we may see that we know, I think, like the statement around this is going to be, I didn't know I had it in me. I didn't know I had it in me. Because Taurus is about what is um, intrinsically us, our natural talents, like I said. So we might say, yeah, I, I know I can do that, or I, I know I can bring that forth, and can I really show up and reliably not only provide that for myself, but also offer it to the collective or the community. But we're going to discover some things within ourselves that may be similar or maybe really different because it's called upon us. So if something does um, dissolve, disappear, break apart, um, get challenged with, and particularly it's, you know, it's going to play heavily into the Scorpio, into the, excuse me, Taurus area of our chart. Several people wrote me that they were really happy that I mentioned Astro Cafe, but really if you Google free natal charts, you can, and you put a post on there with, um, with the Facebook um, group that you can uh, get your chart and then you can start to see where this is playing out it makes it more intimate and more personal. So you definitely want to see where where Taurus is in your chart because that's a feature of this notion of um, dismantling or shifting or, as I say, the, the fixed elements may open up and then we start to see what we didn't know was possible. And so part of this with this notion of I didn't know I had it in me is going to require an attitude uh, because there are other features to this particular chart of this new moon that really t bring in uh, the residue with Venus is still in Aries. And so there's, you know, in Gemini. So there's a real sense of the Aries feature of I still want to bring in what I'm discovering of who I am. And, um, and then I want to bring it into this notion of this moment of what I understand is my physical expression and physical stance and physicality of who I am in my life. And then there's um, uh, Gemini because we're being moving into the, the next week with the sun moves into Gemini, but also um, uh, Mars is in Gemini. And so we're really going to want to act uh, in a place of, of application, of conversation, of how we think about all this and bring it into our thought patterns. Unfortunately, because I asked that question, what do you have? The um, We can confuse stability with security sometimes. And I think it's really important that we keep grounding ourselves in terms of intrinsic security. That the intrinsic security, we've talked about this before, that home is within me. Home is with the people that I love. Home is with, it's interesting, I'll say very personally that I just moved this week, so talk about disorienting. But there's, I really, a part of what was really important to me in my mothering was creating this super stable home environment, even though there was a lot of other shifts that went along with it. But what I felt, you know, with that physical home, I confused with the metaphysical home. And that when I would make those moves, um, you know, I, I felt this sense of I'm, you know, and, and my daughters did have a, this, we did stay in the home until they went to college and later, I think. But it was this sense of I felt this superimposed sense of the physicality of a home is what is a way of creating a, or a, a physical kind of expression of security. And they kept saying to me, you know, you're our home. It's not where we show up. It's, you know, it's you. And so that was that was that sense. And it was really um, kind of a relief of the of that idea of superimposed notion of what we create uh, within us or around us or for others. 
And I think for women, if we are stabilizers, regardless of where that might be, again, we can get into that Torian fixed notion of, I have to always remain the same in order to be of you know, to be uh, something that stabilizes our family or our work or our community and realizing, no, it's it, that is our own journey. We have the right to and the privilege and the need to keep changing and reinventing ourselves. But it is in the intrinsic values, because remember, it's ruled by Taurus that lets us know what's really important and how to convey that in who we are, who we have, you know, is, is how we move through and, what again, what we attract. So it's, it's an interesting kind of dynamic so that if some things start to destabilize a little bit, you know, people who live in California, they always feel the ground shaking and they're like, yeah, it's like it's part of being in California. It doesn't, it doesn't scare them or jolt them in the way that it does for those of us who don't have those experiences because they're known to them. So I think we're going to have some things that are not known to us that might feel like destabilizing, and they might be, but don't confuse that with it dismantling the security of what and who you know yourself to be. It'll only invite you and call upon you to just be, as Uranus wants us to be innovative, to build something new. Don't build what, don't recreate what we've already done. If you find yourself doing that, what, however you use your hands, in self-expression. So if you're an artist, if you're how you cook, um, the routes you take in your life, how you write things, like whatever you're doing that expresses yourself and your trade or what you give, just notice that something new is longing to come forward with that and literally to build something for yourself. And again, remember, because, um, you know, Capricorn's so deeply featured in all this, the legacy, what you're building for the future for ourselves and for the world. So these are the dynamics that can feel very polarizing um, in their expression, and they can really get our nervous system going, um, and they get our mind going. So that's why I'm saying the attitude, I think, is really important. Um, Taurus, as I said, is the proof that we exist. It is solid. It is that stability. And ruled by Venus, it is the expression of the physical, earthly, tangible self. Because in and so just before this um, this new moon, we've had Beltane, which is on May first, and Beltane is the cross quarter holy day between the equinox and between the solstice, and so it marks that moment of the heart of spring. So it's a time where we fertilize the seeds. So in many pagan rituals, it was really about literally fertilizing the seeds. So there was a lot of sex involved. There was a lot of, of different kinds of traditions and rituals of whatever that meant to richly fertilize you know, the seeds that were planted in the soil. It's a time of coming out into the spring. So it's playful. It's colorful. It's dancing around the maypole. You know, in some of that notion, there are many, many rites of passage for spring. But it's a beautiful, light-hearted kind of joy. And, you know, for those on the other side of the world, in the fall, coming in, in that way, think of it as a regeneration of the seeds. So the seeds are returning to the earth to be um, held like a seed bank to renew later. So it's always, you know, that that's supporting the seed of the generations of growth now and growth later. And so that's really, really, really beautiful in with, with that in, in mind. So we think a lot about growth and building. The key words for Taurus have to do with manifestation, 
like I said, they're fixed. So it's, you know, that saying, um, bloom where you're planted is very much, very Torian. Um, it, can't, it can have a stubborn feature, a persistence, and a patience. It's slow. Um, money, physical property, what do we own? What can no one take from us? Not only talents and skills, but territory. It can, as I said, resist change and um, be an accrual. Like, what do we have equity in? An accrual of resources. The polar, um, remember we talk about the polarities of the two signs that they sit across. So this is fixed earth in Taurus, deep and fixed water on the other side is Scorpio. And Scorpio is about merging, power, control, transformative, but it's deep. It can be secretive. So it's deep within. So in that way, it's the equity, you know, within and the equity that we merge with that lets us know in a way what we have and what we're worth. And I really want to say a feature for this is self-worth, which we talk a lot about. But what do I have from the point of view of what is my self-worth and do I believe that I'm worth asking for more, having that, or do I feel that um, whatever I have isn't enough because it's somehow informed by my own myth about myself? Um, so this new moon does plant that focus, and it always has. They say this is the law of attraction, full, you know, new moon, because we can invite in. But keep remembering that Rumi saying that what we seek, we are. You know, a lot of times what we feel we long for is is within us. It just hasn't been explored and excavated. And Uranus is going to help us do that. It's going to be innovation. So in the more innovative we are with our, with what we, the limit, like, you you know, kind of working in um, with ingenuity, because it is going to be groundbreaking, you know, very much. It's sort of like the word that I think we think about with this is it's, you know, because Taurus is ground and Uranus breaks up the ground. Um, so it's a time when we often fall in love the spring. We have that simplicity of, you know, being in the human body, like all the beautiful foods and the, um, you know, the fruits and everything that comes up. It just feels so good to have all those summer accessibility to, you know, to what grows and what comes forward in the seasonal kinds of delights that happen. And so, you know, definitely find yourself, you know, maybe even in a practice to say, I really want to, um, I want to luxuriate in what I'm eating and I want to really taste it and I want to let it kind of, you know, the liquids of it drool off me, you know, like a sensuality because it's Venus in that physical way of visiting this earthly or, you know, uh, body and experiencing it in that way because it takes us into summer. It opens those doors in that beautiful way about, you know, being on the earth. Um, but as I said, because it's the full, first full new moon with Uranus sitting in it, um, it, it has that building in a new way, destabilizing quality. Um, so in that sense, we, we think about in a in a more uh, metered way, that notion of time and timing, and yet time may torque a bit with this in a sense of if you find that plans have changed, if you find that your normal kinds of patterns are really being disrupted, I want you to really deeply seed and remember anything that starts to change in a way that feels assaulting to say, it's time. Just keep remembering that. It's time. It's perfect. It's time. There's something I don't know about this but I will understand later that it was time for that I couldn't see. Time for the innovation, time for the change. It will, it will bring something to a fresh approach to a fixed situation. Keep remembering that, you know, that we can get settled in something and then it binds us and we get trapped and we think there's only one way. 
And so this is going to really open us to say there are multiple ways, like a Rubik's Cube, of continuing to find what we're really seeking or what we want to do. So the key with this is keep remembering attitude is a fresh approach to a fixed situation. Um, Uranus searches for the cracks in order to come in to innovate and to break through, to see into the change of reshaping our new different landscape. So think of your body, think of your life right now as a landscape. And so just like we see concrete can get poured, and then all of a sudden we see those little, tiny, little grass blades. And we go, gosh, you've lived, and here you come. And it's like that too. So it will seek into the cracks. So something that kind of dismantles or becomes disruptive or you have to work with um, it, as frustrating as it is just keep seeing it's just Uranus's way of saying I had to get in I had to reach you and I had to help you and help us as a world start to break open and free ourselves in ways that we didn't know um, that we could be freed that we could be liberated that we become too stagnant st or stuck no change in life, you know, is is really um, is a we start to die in a way. So this is a is a rebirthing, but in a what can be a challenging way. So while you know while Taurus seeks security, um, this rocks the boat and brings us into some level of risk taking, um, in that sense. So you know as Venus is in Aries, as I said, and it's going to move um, pretty quickly from there. It wants us to, and it has that sense of ability to say, we can be courageous with this as we start this process um, to really live in our heart and to move forward, which I think is a positive way. So we do, as I say, want to stay positive. And the key is ideas that challenge this, the status quo, but give us a sense of purpose for positive change. So um, I think that's the important part is when we're being challenged, keep remembering um, something inside of this is a good, kind of a good thing. Um, and, you know, the thing that's that's good about Taurus is it's persistent and it is patient and it will keep um, pursuing. It will persevere. Remember when that whole, when was it last year or two years ago? It's foggy now, but Elizabeth Warren and, you know, what was it? And still she persisted. Well, was, Nevertheless, she persisted. Yeah. Very, I don't know what her sign is, but very Torian. So keep keep relying on that part of you that goes, I'm going to still ask questions. I'm going to still keep moving. Um, you know, all of those kinds of things, um, because it will it will you know perhaps challenge us us. But it's asking us to remember our essential Earth story, like who we really are, where we really come from, where we're really going. And um, as a people and as individuals and, you know, the higher octave of that, like, what do we really want to instill in that? So when we get challenged into, like I said, what do I have um, to be able to see all the, all the natural things you take for granted within you that are just even your beautiful smile or um, a way that you, um, you know, all the little nuances that make you you that is the offering of you into the world is also what you have that you can rely on, you know, that is just naturally you, your natural resources um, that you can also like really feel good about in that way. Um, so it's not only, um, you know, kind of feeling into that, but also telling the story and communicating these new ideas, um, looking for resources. So when I talk about what are the resources we intrinsically have? It's really important to also see what are the, how can I bring that to others and what do I need from others? 
so that we're exchanging resources. We talk a lot about money being, you know, perhaps that notion of a barter community or a way, different way money's going to change. The, big, the good starting point of that is really exploring this beautiful way that we can continue to work and live in community. And like we even do in, when we're working really good in a collective, you know, like work, if we start to see the, our work peers and colleagues as a collective and to really see how we're pooling together what we all have in, a, in that we can rely on and we can bring forth and we can trust in ourselves to bring forth, it only enhances the sense of the collective that we can't do it alone and we wouldn't want to. So the richness then just keeps, right? You know, richness is richness. Like, you know, I bring this tool and you bring that tool and so forth. So, you know, it really enhances. So this also always has to do with us in our own relationship with ourselves. Venus is also interested in how we are in relationship with others because on the physical realm, that's how we play it out. So the more we're generous or the more we're holding back because of that lack or that, um, you know, like I said, that lack mentality, the, the less that we really feel the love, which is what Venus wants us to feel through the Taurian embodiment in that way and walking in the world. So, um, the dates, just to go over, like we said, we had Beltane on the 1st. On the 4th, we have the new moon that is a pragmatic, it's a uh, new moon. It's sort of that, got that practical element of that innovation that starts to move. Um, then as we move forward on the 15th of May, Venus enters Taurus. So it's sort of like, in a way, more fixed everything. You know, Venus then starts to get more into that earthly expression. So we want to really um, keep our flow going and keeping that sense of flexibility with all of that. And on the 15th, Mars um, goes into Cancer. And so we've got fire and water commingling because Mars is intrinsically fiery and um, into, into uh, a water sign which wants to be, you know, kind of more in nourishing and nurturing. So it can feel a little bit of odds for a little while in that sense. So we just kind of have that awareness if we throw that, you know, on that date on there and go, oh, okay, I'm just kind of adjusting to how those two elements work together. And on the 18th, we have this really beautiful full moon in Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio is that fixed water sign. And so the fixed water sign, um, it's got a lot of magic to it because it's very powerful. It's very deep. So we've got a kind of a deep mystical element to a beautiful full moon. Um, and this full moon's inviting a, a wonderful ritual to create because it's always said that in May, the full moon in May is considered a very beautiful portal that opens up because it's near Buddha's, the month of Buddha's birthday. And so there is felt to be in that, in the full moon of May, the Waysak moon is a festival that has to do with this, everyone syncing up and doing a, a meditation that has to do with opening up with, with connecting to what I refer to as the Akashic realm, but is a realm of full realization or understanding pure source love. So whether we call it a Buddha consciousness or a Christ consciousness or a Kuan Yin consciousness, it is a moment where we step outside of the limitations of the physical and transcend into this moment of just a vibrational frequency of, of understanding. 
so on that day, I would prepare yourself, like really put it on your calendar and give yourself a little time so that you can prepare a beautiful water, like a bowl of water with um, high frequency flowers that you put in. So jasmine is a beautiful high frequency that has beautiful fragrance. Magnolia, which is a little harder to come by. Gardenias, you know, uh, interesting uh, that actually carnelia, car, um, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, what are those called? The um, carnelians. They're uh, uh, chrysanthemums. They have, uh, me, they have a beautiful fragrance, even though you can't always smell them. Uh, and, and you put them in flowers and they open up. And they, in the water, they open up. So put them in and let the colors and the fragrance, close your eyes and let the fragrance lift your consciousness. And maybe a rose quartz or an amethyst, something of that nature. And so allow yourself to just let go. If you can do it with this, create a circle together, let go and have this moment of transcendence. It's really, really beautiful. Or we could even do that on the page, the Facebook uh, you know, and just invite everyone and then to share your comments after what was your experience of the meditation that we do together, you know, it would really be really beautiful. So it's a, it's a wonderful, even though full moons, you know, are always what they are, they bring into fullness, they're going to be the seeds that we planted from this lunation. Um, and they're going to do it in their style. But I would say it's got a it's got a magical twist. I do think this full moon, as I talked about, what do we bring out into the world? What do we have? This full moon is going to say, what have we put brought equity in? And if we haven't, what do we want to invest into? What, that isn't always material. It's our energy. It's our beliefs. It's our physical giveaway. What do we want to bring to the collective or to others? And what do we want to receive back to us? There's going to be maybe some of that parting of the ways or bringing it forth, challenges, leaps of faith, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, so again, stay positive. Um, what do we bring our, our resources, our sweat into? Um, May 21st, the sun and Mercury enter Gemini. So that lightens things a lot because Gemini is an air sign. It wants to have conversation. Um, and then leads us into the new moon on the 3rd. So one thing I want to say that I think is sort of interesting for us uh, that I find really fascinating that I just want to make a comment before we go into practices, or maybe it'll bridge in for you and I to, to, to speak about this, is that Taurus rules the throat. Taurus rules the jaw. Taurus rules the thyroid and the neck and those glands. So that's very much the feminine, right? How many women have disorder, have thyroid imbalances? How many women have Hashimoto's, have adrenal fatigue that this is connected to, can't bring their voice forth? Um, it was so fascinating last year on May 15th when we actually Taurus for the first time that when uh, Uranus went in and then it left a few months later, I had this weird jaw problem on the day it went in. And then when I realized it, I was like, oh my God, like this is just too bizarre. But it really had this self, this healing element around me rebalancing, um, you know, all these systems, as I say. And so I think for women and for all of us, this portal, you know, Carolyn Mace, we always think about it as the throat chakra as just speaking our truth and opening up to the higher realms, which is absolutely true, but it is a power center. So I believe that Uranus is asking us to crack this open and also maybe crack open some of this healing as it relates to this disordered of the hormones, of the foods that we eat, but also this legacy that we have of women suppressing the voice and that intersection with women losing our power and women losing our health. 
So I'm challenging us, all of us, to really start to look at this and to track it with this Uranus transit. Um, I think it's going to be a breakthrough for us, and I want it to be because we deserve it and we need it as a collective body of women at a sacred level and at a physical level because we live in these bodies. So I think, to me, this is is a call to action around our own self-healing, thinking of our bodies as landscapes. Remember that this is our earthly template, not to forget we have bodies, and our body is no less in need of healing than the earth. It is a reverberation, a mirror. So uh, um, what are your thoughts and feelings about this, Dorote, as I'm saying all of this about this lunation and what it's escorting in? Well, I really, really love this concept of the body as a landscape and really looking within and thinking about ourselves as having natural resources in the best sense, not something to be exploited or used, but really to cherish those gifts of health and balance and opportunity within. And I just love that idea of thinking about what we're healing or constructing inside in addition to what's external, because I I think in our culture, we're really often focused on the external or even thinking like, oh my God, the tar sands, the fracking, it's horrible. And then to have a moment to turn inward and think about how are we treating our own bodies is just so powerful. Yeah, and and uh, I really agree with you. And I think because we're the one, again, remembering that Taurus invites us to slow down because, again, it's that fixed earthly energy. We can't go faster. You know, like in dreams, we dream we're flying or we can't, our bodies, like our legs won't move. And so it can be like that sensation of how fast can we move ourselves. And so rather than trying to um, uh, accelerate ourselves, you know, like heal to, you know, we have to heal right away, or it has to be instant, or we have to move through something so fast, or it's taking forever. Like remember that we're getting our clocks reset, literally and figuratively, with this this deeper kind of reconstruction that's going on with Capricorn. So as it relates to Taurus, Taurus is saying, fix your internal um, earthly uh, physicality of what the divine timing within you really is, your own healing, your own adaptation, your own growth. It's just saying what isn't okay anymore is, is getting stuck, is believing you're stuck, is believing there's no new stories, is believing there's no new way. Tor- you know, that Uranus is going to say, absolutely not, and we're going to make you find out that you're so much more than you think you are, not just from, cat- you know, people get, get really scared about a catastrophic event when we talk about this. Don't move through this with fear. Move through this with curiosity. Move through this with remembering that we're meant to evolve and change and adapt. And yet at the same time, we're meant to do it with some collaboration, some sense of being um, allies in this, not victims of or not survivors of, but just this is part of life is we go through change, some change we activate and some change that happens to us, some that we understand and some that we don't know. But if we bring the remembrance that security is within us, that innovative innovation is within us, that we have more than we think, and that we discover that we didn't know we had it in us, and the only way we know is by finding out. So some of this may also result is when you're asked to show up somewhere or for something, think about before you go, Maybe somebody needs this. So it's kind of like I know when I go to do um, events or circles or something like that, I have this crazy black 
bag that's sort of like my magic bag and I leave a lot in it. And it's like a Mary Poppins bag where it's like, oh, I need a feather. Oh, there's a feather in there. Oh, there's a rock in there. Oh, there's a remedy in there. It's not, it's because I put it all in there and then I just didn't take it out. But in other words, it's something before you were even born, put all this in you. It's you came in with this. So you just forgot it's in your black bag and your black bag is in your consciousness and it's in your heart and it's in your mind and it's in your cells and it's in your bones and, you know, it's being called upon. So just know that you've got so much more, but we animate it through learning how to find it. If I didn't need the feather, I wouldn't go look for it. So something or someone or an event or a circumstance. So if you and be really intuitive, if something into in, in an intuitive level, you feel like, you know what, I want to bring X to my friend's house today when I leave, or I, for some reason need, I think, put it in my backpack or, you know, just realize somebody needs something from you or you're going to need it when you're out. Maybe not. It can, again, it can get a little OCD, like, oh my God, I've got to bring everything. Again, it's not like that. It's just listen to your intuition and realize that, um, uh, it's, uh, you know, everything we have is within us, right? And, and it was placed there for a reason. So just trust ourselves more than anything at this time. And uh, it's going to happen powerfully in the initiation, I think, you know, this month, this lunation into June and so forth. But it's really going to be these seven years um, that we're going to be exploring this. It's just the kickoff. Wow. So lots of time to <laughs> explore all of this. Yeah. So... Yeah, absolutely. So I think, again, with this, with the practices, I think it's more, um, to again, to be curious about ourselves and a new approach to what I want to build, what I want to secure, what I want to grow. Um, and just keep remembering um, being present is the key. You know, that's, that's what, is, what is in the now, what is in today is what's really most important that you are then building for your legacy of the future. And you're going to rely on what you've been through and who you've been and what you've had. But it doesn't mean it has to stay in that form because nothing new can come from that form. Um, the other thing I want to jump into just for, for one minute that I forgot to mention was that um, Mother's Day is I believe on the 12th. So that's before we, you know, we get into that full moon. I think it might be at the cross quarter. And with this in mind, I guess I would invite all of us to take ownership of our, our internal relationship uh, with the, with the archetype of mother, with our concept of mother, you know, mother's gotten so, um, complex, you know, not only our relationship with our mothers, of course, they're very textured. Um, but I think in that sense of, you know, there's so much mother worship in our culture, and then it can feel so much, uh, you know, inner struggle with, with with the fact that we, you know, either mother worship or mother denigration, like it's one or the other, but neither one is really just being a human being. And so with this in mind of just saying, let's take ownership of our own individual way of just like I'm saying we're re reconstructing uh, that with Mother's Day coming forward to say what is how do I see mother how does how do I get nourishment how do I nurture others what is my viewpoint on that how have I got fixed on that in ways that it keeps me in, in feeling as if I'm wounded as opposed to understanding that I can heal the wound on that um, from the from the point of view that no matter what my relationship and what those original issues might be, like I just said, there is a fundamental relationship with the earth mother, with the spirit mother, with that which I truly, if I really think about my own definition, if I liberate 
what mother means to me, I get to have ownership over that. So I'm inviting everybody while we're while we're tooling the soil and changing our agreements, we can change that agreement in a really interesting way. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Susan. And I'll be on a retreat with you over Mother's Day, so I'm really excited for that. But for those who are interested in learning more about your work um, and other ways to find you, tell us where we can find you. Thank you. Uh, well, I'm hoping maybe we can do some little live um, Instagram or whatever it is we can do together while we're out there, uh, you know, enjoying uh, the, the uh, exploration together in in New Mexico. Um, uh, but feel free to find me on uh, Everyday Medicine Woman is my website. Uh, that's my Facebook page, and I put posts up there and different articles that might be of interest to us. Um, on your Facebook group, I try to uh, bring in a little bit of our posts. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Susan Lipschutz, and my uh, email is susan at everydaymedicinewoman.com. And um, a couple of you have reached out, and I uh, want to apologize. I haven't gotten a chance to get back to you because I was doing my own individual pre-New Moon Taurus of moving. And so I'm a little bit disoriented in restabilizing myself. So I was down to uh, really just showing up at the office and hoping for the best. So I will get back to you all. I love hearing from you. And I would um, it'd be an honor to um, spend time with you in doing some personal work that you might want um, some support with in an integrative way, in a way that supports and honors yourself as sacred um, beings and uh, with an earthly potential that we hope we can really elevate together. Thank you so much, Susan, and wishing everyone a beautiful month. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. You can also leave a comment on the Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group. If you're not in the group yet, just search Facebook for Moonwise Sisterhood and answer two quick questions to join. And if you haven't heard the recent Moonwise episode about the art of naming ourselves, I recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I speak with artist and small business coach Yaro Magdalena about the power of ritual and reclaiming weirdness. We discuss using creative writing as a self-care tool and her joy in undertaking introvert adventures. Yaro also shares her perspective on working with the tarot and how she works to maintain authenticity in social media and the online business space. Listen to that episode in our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, whose amazing work you can now find at voicealchemy.com. See you next time.